just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to beat the shit. What's up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. Um, I think still presented by Royal Honda, the official car of Sean and Jacob's childhood adventures at the Metairie JCC. Um, you know, in the words of our, uh, talented, but perpetually injured franchise quarterback, Jameis Winston, pain, pain everywhere. The saints, uh, lost to the bucks yesterday as in Sunday, um, to the tune of 20 to 10. It was a three, nothing game for a very long time. Uh, Practically unwatchable from beginning to end uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, I think we've all got some pretty strong takes about the game and the potential direction of the season in general. Um, But before we do that, before I forget to do this again, I'm Jacob Krasno alongside my co-hosts, Sean Haspel and Allison Pratt. Um, we wish you were joining us under happier circumstances after destroying the bucks, but that is not the case. Um, you are undoubtedly listening to us on our new podcast feed. We have our own feed now, so like, and subscribe and leave uh, slanderous comments like my dad who gave us a review, five-star review, but, uh, said that we say like too much. It's not untrue, but, you know, hurtful words nonetheless. <laughs> um, we also have a new logo. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the new logo designed by my cousin, TJ Crentel. So thank you, TJ. The logo rules. Definitely an upgrade. I mean, I love the old logo. You know, it's just a giant turd with sunglasses. But I think we needed to uh, make a change there. Anyway, w- let's do a general temperature check. How are we all feeling after watching the calamity that was the game yesterday? Allison, how, how do you feel? Um, I feel more negative than I did yesterday. Um, I should also say that the game was literally unwatchable for me for like almost the entire third quarter because Sunday ticket was down globally. Um, so I basically got to tune in right as the fight was happening. I don't think I missed wow. much. <laughs> No, but, I think I saw that DirecTV is going to refund you guys. Um, yeah, because apparently it also happened in week one, but it happened during the four o'clock slate, so I didn't notice. Yeah. Um, but then I, there are a lot of people who didn't get to watch their team. And as you guys know, it's it's $100 a month. Like, it's not cheap at all. So yeah. it's also like you have to work one, one day a week for six hours for 18 weeks. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? What do you even so, do here? <laughs> Anyways. Sunday ticket did not understand the assignment. No, they did not. But I didn't really miss anything because it came back in. Or I found, oh no, actually it didn't come back in. I found a ghetto stream to watch the last two quarters um, or quarter and a half. And um, 
I really just, you know, last week we talked a little bit about feeling optimistic around the way the offense could turn it on um, when we went to tempo um, and sort of came back in the fourth quarter um, in epic fashion. And we looked like we were humming on all cylinders. And we actually did see a flash of that before um, Ingram fumbled. And that was sort of like the end of the game. I mean, it was, it was kind of the end of the game, among other reasons that we ended up making giant mistakes to cost us the game. But I'm just feeling disappointed. And I know Jameis is hurt and we can talk about that separately, but just there's so much better talent on our offense from a year ago. And it feels like we're just as bad on offense this early in the season as we were one year ago, where it was easy to blame the lack of depth at skill positions. And like, we can't blame that anymore. And you can say Kamara's out, but we were running the ball pretty effectively. It was really the passing game that, we were struggling. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of things today when I was, you know, trying to reflect on the game, like Jameis was taking shots. And I think he was just feeling desperate. Like he wanted to make those plays when there might be more obvious open targets underneath that, you know, would be the wiser choice to make. And we're just not making those choices. So maybe that's poor coaching. Maybe he just wanted to make a big play. Like, I don't know which one it is, but I'm just feeling down on the offense generally um, and I don't know how much of that to attribute to Jameis's injury and how much of that to attribute to poor coaching and poor decision-making or whatever. Um, I do feel great about the defense overall. Um, like when you look at the score, if you didn't watch the game, you're like, oh, Tom Brady, no. Like it was a pick six. And those the other touchdown was right after Lattimore got kicked out of the game, which he shouldn't have. So one of, the, one of the other field goals was after another pick. So yeah. The defense really only gave up. Three points. Point, yeah, three points, really. Yeah. Really. And so, like, I feel pretty great about that performance. And we and we give that performance, you know, every time against against that team. Um, and having watched the Panthers, because the Giants played the Panthers, I feel – I will say that I feel optimistic about this week's game matchup-wise, mostly. Um, from a defense perspective, it's mostly about if our offense can actually – make the adjustments that I think are required and, and how hurt is really Jameis and Kamara really. Um, but yeah, I just felt like it shouldn't have taken that long for the offense to get humming. Um, and the mistakes were just critical. And obviously there were referee errors that were a bit like horrendous that I won't even get into more just about things we could have controlled that we, we, we made mistakes. Yeah, Totally. Um, that's my, sorry. That was a yeah, ramble. Yeah. No, that's my take. Great rant. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's why so, we're here. We're here to ramble and rant. <laughs> so yeah, my kind of high level take on the game is that this was almost a repeat of the last time we lost to the bucks, the divisional game after the 2020 season. And it, the, the comparisons are, actually pretty eerie um quarterback back then it was drew yesterday it was Jameis, uh suffering from some pretty uh rough physical limitations uh i mean i'm sure all the listeners know but it was reported by jake glazer head of our game yesterday that uh Jameis has four fractures uh to his vertebrae um and but the report said that um, it was just kind of more like a pain tolerance thing, and there was no uh, 
risk of further injuring it. So um, those comparisons, and Drew was banged up back then as well. Um, it was a game, both, in both the games, the defense played really well. Um, obviously, our offense struggled for most of this game, but we were driving, much like we were back then, uh, to go ahead uh, um, by what probably would have been the deciding score, given how well our defense was playing. And then a veteran member of our offense fumbled um, pretty inexcusably. So uh, Mark Ingram, yeah, uh, for the second week in a row, uh, lost a fumble. And um, on one hand, I mean, last week's fumble, he was kind of in a awkward body position, kind of being held up between tackles and weird stuff happens. Uh, and this week he was, yeah, it looked like he had covered up two hands in the ball, all the points of pressure that they coach, but, uh, and it was a good punch out, but still that's two weeks in a row now from a vet who, um, if you want to juxtapose it too, like with Alvin out, we had been getting Dwayne Washington some run as uh, a running back along with like Tony Jones and Tony Jones didn't do anything too special, but Dwayne Washington um, had some really beautiful runs on like right before Ingram fumbled. And so then you put in the, the veteran uh, who I think eclipsed 10,000 career yards from all yards from scrimmage yesterday and he fumbles. Um, And really that was a turning point of the game. Um, DA said as much. In his in his post game pressure, obviously the fight with Mike Evans, um, which I mean, God, we could do a whole pod on that. Uh, really, was also a turning point, but um, the fumble was just kind of inexcusable from a veteran in that situation. So, um, so yeah, the parallels between our last loss to the Bucks and yesterday's game were eerie. I mean, Brady didn't play well in either. Really, um, we kind of gifted it to them. Uh, but um, yeah, the officiating yesterday uh, was, was pretty rough. Um, I mean, we probably benefited from a couple uh, ticky-tack personal fouls. But I mean, if you really want to compare them apples to apples, those were earlier in the game and not in the fourth quarter on uh, like what ended up being like a pivotal drive. So it's really not like apples to apples. And then the aforementioned Lattimore Mike Evans fight. Um, man, Mike Evans. 6'5, 230, whole ass bitch. Like, uh, <laughs> he is one of the softest dudes, pound for pound, in the NFL, like, hands down. It's wild. How He's just a wine he baby. He's pissed that he can't beat him. A little piss baby. Like, insane levels of bitchdom. Uh, in his post game, like media scrum, his defense, as it was, was that uh, I, I, I think he said that he saw Marshawn punch Leonard Fournette, and that he wasn't gonna like let that happen. But that's just like completely divorced from reality. If you watch the video, um, which I mean, the, the broadcast angle pretty much had it clear, but then some some fans posted their own videos from the stands today, and like Marshawn, I mean, uh. I guess Marshawn's kind of like having some verbal words with Brady after having verbal with uh, Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians. And that's that, this is a whole other subplot that we can yeah. do in a minute. But uh, Mike Evans is turning and sprinting at Marshawn 
right at the time when Leonard Fournette shoves Marshawn first. And so Mike's already almost there before Marshawn even shoves Leonard back. So the whole line of him going to defend Leonard Fournette is absolute fucking horseshit. So just like no respect for that guy whatsoever. Good player, like thousand yard receiver rolling out of bed, but um, he can't do shit against Marshawn Lattimore and uh, has to resort to bullshit. And like, it sucks that the refs didn't even like go with the judgment call on the field when it came to the ejections, they went to New York and still decided to eject both parties, but not Leonard Fournette who like escalated it first. Um, and I mean, of course, God forbid, like Tom Brady or Bruce Arians or yeah. anything, but, um, and then their decision was basically confirmed as a fuck up today by, uh, only suspending, only suspending Mike Evans and, they haven't announced the other fines yet. Marshawn will probably get fined, but like who cares? But um, you can certainly expect a fine for Fournette. Um, we should have got a flag yesterday. You can probably expect to find Bruce Arians. Um, and yeah, just uh, it was just one of those games. I feel like can they? Uh, Bruce I mean, Arians doesn't coach. Can they find him? He's like not so, part of the league. Yeah, I was also wondering, can he even be on the sideline? Because like when they were showing the Bucks Sunday night game last week, he was up in the booth, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, with other coordinators and things. Like he's that's, a special advisor. Like what is that he doing? has been a whole other subplot that's played out on uh, Saints and Bucks Twitter today. Um, uh, I think Greg Alman, I don't know how to pronounce his name, who's the Bucks guy for the Athletic. Um, basically was just regurgitating talking points from the Bucks when he said that uh, they were down on the field because the Saints did not provide a room in the in the in the boxes uh, for Jason Light, the, their GM, and uh, um, Bruce Arians, whose official title now that he's been like put out to pasture by Tom Brady is like he's the assistant to the regional GM's manager's <laughs> ball washer or some shit. But so so they said that the Saints didn't give them room. And like the Saints via like Cat Terrell and some of our media core like pretty quickly like pushed back and like literally published the reserved yeah. seats. Oh, yeah, their names on yeah. so they had room. And then kind of like the line evolved. It's like, oh, no, well, uh, yeah, so they've just chosen – to be uh, actually, um, they they cho- they've chosen to be on the sidelines. Um, Jason Light has been on the sidelines since Tom Brady came, and uh, and Bruce Arians joined him. It's like okay, so that's like so so they lied initially. So they lied. I mean that's that's cool, but then like Da brought it up at his press conference that like whatever it's fucking corny that he's down there, a uh, retired coach who's just like the official bitching at the ref, hype up Mike Evans type guy. Uh, I guess that's his like secondary title but like he was in the white of the sidelines and like the area that is literally just reserved for coaches and trainers players like authorized personnel and like yeah da brought that up as presser and like so i mean if they don't if anyone doesn't find him like i don't know it's just bullshit man i think like the bucks are fucking low rent like bush league organization um and like i saw i don't disagree with that and I saw I don't some, disagree. <laughs> some other writer 
I think Thor Nystrom is his name. I don't know his affiliation, but he was like, oh, yeah, this is all like karma for Bounty Gate or something. I was like, first of all, motherfucker, if Brett Favre's antics as revealed in the last week uh, don't absolutely convince anyone in hindsight that Bounty Gate was both morally correct and good, then I don't know what to tell you. Second of all, Mike Evans' bullshit in the game yesterday was quote-unquote dirtier than anything the Saints did or were accused of doing during Bounty Gate. And that's a fucking fact. You can go back and watch the tape of anything. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, zero respect for Mike Evans. And I know there's a lot of, like, Louisiana boys on the uh, the Bucks, but, like, Devin White, Leonard Fournette, like, they're showing their ass too, man. And, like, Leonard Fournette didn't do shit yesterday. He had gone, like, we shut him the fuck down. Yeah. Uh, he, um, I think he averaged six yards a carry against Dallas week one. He was at 2.7 yesterday and, like, was literally, like, apologizing to his, like, fantasy owners because he hasn't scored a touchdown yet all year on Twitter. So, like, I don't know, man. The Bucks are fucking clowns. And, like, congrats. Yeah. They got a dub on us. But, um, and, like, we obviously made our fair, like, a ton of, like, mistakes on our own. But, like, do I feel they're, like, on, do I honestly feel that it's it's going to be a foregone conclusion that they're, like, going to win the division? Like, no, nah, man. Like, uh, they had a lot of injuries, and they're going to have more. And I think it's going to be a long season for them. And it'll be, I'm really excited for that game in Tampa later this year. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those Louisiana boys – on, on the Bucks, I think it's safe to call them ex-Louisiana boys now. Like, they're dead to <laughs> Like, I know I said something to this effect last year, but Devin White can take his fucking ponies and ride them into the fucking Mississippi River. Like, I, I, I don't ever... I, I want someone at the next Saints game in the Dome to have, like, a sign that's, like, a thing of glue that instead of like Elmer's, it's like Daisy May. <laughs> Sorry, that's a deep cut. Somewhere but. there's there's like a deep fake that should be made where like from they take the clip from The Godfather and they put Devin White's head on the uh, that guy's body who like walks into his bedroom and finds the severed horse head in his bed. Um. Anyway, yeah i I think you both hit on some good points. Generally speaking. I think a lot of people are like focused on the wrong things like this. The Mike, yes, Mike Evans is like a bitch and he's overrated and he went to Texas A&M. So that's kind of all you need to know about him. Um, and like the fight to me, the fight is, is a huge distraction. Like it yeah. was kind of irre- like, totally. on, on, in football terms. It resulted in Lattimore being kicked out of the game and that changed our defense. And you, one could argue that, Tom Brady would not have thrown that touchdown pass if Lattimore was still in the game. But like at the end of the day, it's all irrelevant. And on a macro level, I think the bucks are also kind of like irrelevant. And like this loss doesn't really have anything to do with like a quote unquote, like, like the saints bucks rivalry to me is fake. It's not a real rivalry. Yeah. Um, what you Just basically like have. Bucks success. It's all like astroturfed bullshit. Like 
Tom right. Brady so, like brings his like pyramid scheme ass like health and wellness regime down to Tampa and like I don't know. No, the rivalry is literally built around the media just like not being able to believe that a team could play so well against such a legend and a team that's so talented. Like it's literally all a story. And then like the best part of it to me too is like because we've just had their number, right, for the last two years, Tampa fans bitch and whine like, oh, like we won the Super Bowl. Like who cares about regular season wins? And then they're sitting here like fucking – bragging about yesterday it's like you can't have it both ways and yeah nobody cares um you know you're two and oh or one and one it's a long season oh yeah and oh yeah i'm not worried about so what you have is you have one franchise that is only good because brady chose to go there because the saints got breeze back when they thought he would retire um and then you have a franchise that is an established winner and a perennial contender with like a good locker room culture. And, you know, the smallest dog barks the loudest. Like it just seems to me like the bucks are insecure about their standing and in the greater pantheon of, of NFL history. Um, But on like a smaller level in terms of the game itself on Sunday, yeah, like all of the fights and all the bitching about the refs, like, it's all just wasted air because at the end of the day, it was all about the mistakes that the saints made. Um, And like, I'm kind of worried about Dennis Allen and some of the decisions that he made for the second week in a row. The offense was like a total disaster and the team didn't really look fully prepared and then you have some roster weirdness going on, some roster management problems. Uh, the most notable of which is Jameis Winston playing through this back injury. Mm. And to me, yes, the Mark Ingram, we'll get to the Mark Ingram fumble in a second. But if Jameis isn't feeling good enough to throw accurate passes. Like if that's going to affect the way he throws and affect his decision-making when a play breaks down and he's going to run, there was a play yesterday where he looked like he was going to tuck it and run. And then he went to pump fake or throw yeah. and he got there were multiple, hit behind multiple times where he could have gotten almost the first right. down, if not a full first down that he just chose to try to force it. Yeah. So if he is injured enough to where his play style is affected, then I think, as a head coach, you have to, you have to at least have a discussion of whether or not you bench him and let him heal and, and let the healthy Andy Dalton take over the offense for a couple of games. We, I feel like we don't know enough about his back situation. Like we don't know if the new medical staff like didn't like cleared him or what, like we don't know if like, we don't know. Is the only thing that I even saw reported on his back. Yeah. Like right. no one was really mentioning I it. Just, so it's, it's hard to know what was discussed and to what lengths. But I mean, I agree with you in principle. Yeah. That if that's truly, and I mean, look, like we saw it, like if, if you don't have that back injury, you're running and getting that first, like, I think you are anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, so we saw it and like, I would agree, like you can build a game plan around a functional Andy Dalton 
with those wide receivers. And even with the running game we had, it was all about the blocking game. It wasn't about what Jameis was doing. So like you right. could have, you could have won that game knowing we would have then held the Bucks to three or 10 points. Right. Like, so I agree. I totally agree that maybe that was flawed, but maybe Jameis, not that this is an excuse for DA's coaching abilities, but like he probably really wanted to play in this game. Yeah. Well, when you're the head coach, sometimes you have to. Well, no, that's what I mean. Tough like, that's not a reason. Players and yeah, say, like, that's not a reason. It's just I, I could see that having yeah. have been a discussion. Yeah. And you might. Have- I also think Sean, like, I maybe it's unfair to make a direct comparison to Peyton this early, but like, I don't think Sean Peyton would have tolerated the extracurriculars that led to the bench clearing brawl. And I also don't think he would tolerate Mark Ingram fumbling two weeks in a row. Like, I think you have to, it is a serious discussion now. Do you, do you bench Mark Ingram for, for fumbling twice Two backbreaking fumbles? We're so lucky that we were able to come back from it in week one. We weren't able to do it last week. Right. So like, is Latavius Murray an option now moving forward over, over Mark? I think that's a discussion that has to be had. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think so. I think what you said were like two separate things. Like talking about like tolerating the sideline antics. Like, I I'm not gonna fault like Da for that too much. I mean, Sean Payton's the same guy who was like talking shit to De- uh, Devontae Freeman, and then we like lost to the Falcons and stuff. Like within the choke sign and everything. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Sean Payton was like the king of shenanigans. So, well, to get a little bit more granular about it, this is the second week in a row that Lattimore has been involved in some sort of fight, some sort of like unnecessary roughness situation. Like he did it last week and we were lucky to overcome it, but I can't help but wonder if Peyton would have sat Lattimore down last week and been like, you can never do that again, because if you make mistakes like that, we will lose games and we were lucky to come back from it. So I just... I there's an overall sloppiness in these first two games yeah. that is a little uncharacteristic. Like there are little things that are adding up and turning into big things. And I'm, I'm not going to write us off, but I am just a little concerned whether or not Dennis Allen is uh, going to be as much of like a detail oriented taskmaster as Peyton was. And those things add up. And we're going to lose games if it doesn't get under control. Yeah. I mean, that's potentially true. I I would say the jury's out. I I will like say, and I I texted you guys this, that like, I thought not trying that 57 yard fuel goal with like 25 seconds left in the first half in a game like that. I thought that was a scared coaching mistake that Sean Payton would, I think Sean Payton would have tried that field goal because like worst case scenario. So Will Lutz, like, like there's a decent chance he makes his 57-yarder. Worst case, he doesn't make it. I mean, assuming it doesn't get blocked or something. Like, you're giving Tom Brady the ball at, like, mid, like a little past midfield, a little before midfield with, like, 25 seconds left. And the way our defense has been playing, like, I think that's worth the risk. And Yeah, they, I thought that was extra yeah. dumb considering they were yeah. getting the kickoff of the second half. Right. So – the the one thing I'll push back on though, and, and this is something I also texted you guys about, was that uh, the Saints like haven't started two zero since twenty thirteen, yeah. and uh, on one hand, like yeah, that includes uh, 
the seven and nine seasons where we either started one and one or zero and two, and we weren't able to rebound from that. But that also includes the last five years, where uh, we started one and one, and uh, ended up having a winning record. So um, we started zero and two the year of the Minnesota miracle. Exactly. So, so like, I mean, obviously it doesn't mean that we had no chance of winning yesterday. I mean, that, that's yeah. silly, but like, I only bring that up in this context to say that like, even Sean Payton himself, like wasn't immune from like sloppy early season football. So, but, but that being said, the test of Dennis Allen will be, um, if he does, if he is capable of making that like switch flip, that Peyton was clearly successful at doing. And furthermore point being that, and I think it was Ralph Marvo who brought this up on Twitter today. DA knows that this is his last fucking chance to be a head coach. And like, if we are bad this year, I don't think we're going to fire him like after one year, but like if he does end up getting fired from the saints, if it doesn't work out, you will never be a head coach in the NFL again. Like pretty, like despite the, I mean, the power of, of, of white nepotism, um, he's <laughs> never going to be a head coach. Like this is his last chance to be a head coach in the NFL. So um, I don't think he is going to have much patience once, like Peyton once said, he's quote unquote seen enough. So I wouldn't be shocked if Mark is inactive next week um, after back-to-back fumbles. Um, and yeah, I mean, Marshawn, I do like maintain he was pretty damn innocent in this week's situation after he was dumb against the Falcons at the end. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure he will get a talking to. Um, so, so we'll see. Uh, I mean, this is like a big week week for da big week for Jameis. um this is like arguably the biggest game of Jameis's career i i mean at this stage at the very least because uh i mean if he doesn't throw those picks we we win that game um and yeah uh, if the offense is just if the offense is just okay against the bucks yeah. You know, that's my concern. That was my biggest yeah. take. It's like you just had to not be putrid and you right. win. Right. Yeah. Like half of my prediction was right. Like we shut Tom Brady down, even though we didn't yeah. get to him in the, we still right. shut him down. Yes. And if the offense had just been decent, it would have been like the guys in inglorious bastards, like shooting Hitler in the face. Like Brady would have been Hitler on the ground, just having his face melted by bullets from a Tommy gun. Because they they had nothing going on (laughs) until we fumbled. Did I just compare him to Hitler? Yes, I did. I stand by that. Yeah, it was beautiful. No, I just think they're fucking frauds. And I look forward to their demise against us and later in the season. And just generally, I think they're totally overrated. Yeah, y'all are right. Tomorrow or next week will kind of be like the the early season rubber match in our, our early opinions on Dennis Allen, because this is, this has well, it's also, a must, it's a must win for Carolina. Yeah. Like yeah. they're going like, to Matt rule is arguably is last on the chopping yeah, block. Sure. Like 
Baker's desperate. Like they have some talent on that team and they just continue to blow games. And so like, it's like, it's good. There's high stakes for both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still believe that yeah. if, if the saints can like get it, like going a little bit on offense, we have a championship caliber defense and, um, I mean, even if only one of those picks came off the board, yeah, like honestly, like, and like and especially I, the lot, like the one it could be under through a lobby. That's a touchdown. Like, yeah, it's just frustrating to reflect on because, like, so it was, it was within reach literally until the very last drive, like truly, yeah, until the pick six. I mean, and honestly, even with the, I think it was even all three picks. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it was still right. there was still a chance. Yeah, if if and I texted you guys this: if Olave doesn't fumble on his own yeah. on that like pass was actually beautifully thrown by Jameis, yeah. like we might score a touchdown with a couple minutes left, and and we would be down by at what that point three. Yeah, like I mean, we we would have probably needed to hit an onside. I think we were out of timeouts, but like. It was, and then that fumble was like insane from like a receiver who, like, even though he's a rookie, should know better. And of course, like fucking Carlton Davis, like, despite getting burnt, like, gets to recover a fumble. Like, Ugh. like that's another guy who, like, fuck yeah, that like, little, little piece weed. of shit. But, um, just it just like wasn't wasn't our day. And um, I mean, that that shouldn't discount the things that like the very real issues that we had and many of them were self-inflicted and need to be resolved ASAP. But um, yeah, uh, just on to Carolina. Yeah. The, the last thing I'll say, and I guess this does relate to next week as well is like, what worries me about Jameis, like what, what's giving me like PTSD are memories of the 2002 season when we were really, really good. And it looked like we were going to make the playoffs. We just had to win one more game. And then Aaron Brooks got hurt and Hazlitt refused to bench him. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like the last four games. We just had to win one of them to get in the playoffs. And yeah. we lost. We lost all of them. The offense was horrible. Brooks I'm pretty was. pretty sure like, I was I'm at the last game in the Superdome against the Panthers. And the whole dome was chanting for Jake DeLome. I think we lost that game 10 to six or something pathetically. Yeah. Bad. Brooks was like clearly was injured. Ridiculous. And like, I, it scares me that in a game of inches where split second decisions need to be made, like if Jameis, even if it's, there's no risk of further injury, even if just this pain right. in his back is affecting the way he plays and he hesitates. I just think we're, we're doomed because of that. And and hopefully that is an overreaction and Jameis is fine and is able to heal on his own and plays better next week. Um, but yeah, I'm a little worried because yeah. if we lose to the Panthers, that's going to be really, really bad. We're going to have some, yeah. some, well, we some have harder some discussions. Hard, a much harder schedule as well coming up sure. after that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think like the biggest theme of the upcoming like there are upcoming games is is i mean it's not like this isn't like rocket science but it's it's Jameis and uh can he 
overcome whatever physical, mental, or combination of both ailments are plaguing him to be an effective and efficient quarterback that he honestly was for most of last year before his injury. Just honestly be that guy. And like he has the weapons. Um, he has the defense to win games. <laughs> and so just be that guy. And, but if he, but if those physical and or mental um, things are holding him back, then like you said, Jacob, it will be the biggest test of DA's career. And it's honestly his final stand, whether he sticks with that guy who might cost him his job or we pivot to Andy Dalton. So those two dynamics at play, um, it's going to be like morbidly fascinating to watch uh, the next few weeks. And yeah, this Panthers game is just, it's like, it's ridiculous to say a week three game is must win, but uh, a lot is riding on it for sure. For sure. Yeah, I think Saints Twitter is going to be in full-blown panic mode if we don't look good next week. Yeah. All right. So, what do we think is going to happen? I think it's time that we give our 100% accurate, completely true predictions of at noon Eastern. Noon Pacific. Noon Central. I'll get the time zones right eventually. Noon Central, 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, um, I think the offense uh, gets back on track to a degree. But, um, I mean, probably still struggles a little bit. I think the defense continues to play well, forces more red zone um, field goals. Uh, Like we might let Chris McCaffrey chew up some yards between the – 20s but i think they buckle down i'm thinking like 20 or 20 like 23 16 saints allison what do you think um i think um that the defense is actually going to feast on baker mayfield he still looked incredibly uncomfortable and not confident um in that offense he had a few lucky throws honestly um to dj Moore and mccaffrey had a few breakaways but like wasn't really like incredible against like a much softer Giants defense. Um, And Baker Mayfield was throwing like some of the shittiest passes I've ever seen. So I anticipate us having a couple of interceptions for once. Like the defense has played well, but we haven't had as many takeaways as I thought we should have had um, knowing how, how how much we used to force that, um, you know, in prior seasons. Um, So I think we'll actually win. I like somewhere in your range of score. I think it'll be like 28 to 10. Um, oh. With one of those scores being defensive, defensive, um, just because Baker Mayfield is is prime for a, a pick six after watching nice. his shitty play last week. So that's yeah. my that's my point of view. I I have to imagine the offense will be working incredibly hard all week to have a sort of like show up and prove them wrong game about everybody that's talking shit on yeah. us. Um, MT in particular, like I hope they just build a game plan around his ass. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it'll be a, a shut up and prove it game for us in a good way. Um, yeah. So that's my take. Jacob, what's your prediction? Yeah. I have no fucking idea what to expect from the saints offense. 
if they show up and are just okay and the defense continues to play well, we will win this game. We will probably boat race the Panthers. But if they don't fix their issues and or if Jameis plays and is hurt and is making weird decisions because he doesn't want to get hit in the back, then we will lose to the Panthers because they are, believe it or not, a pro team and they will take advantage of our mistakes more likely than not. So I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to hedge again against you guys. And I'm going to predict that we lose 27 to 17. And I think going down this, uh, this fantasy route of a, of a reality that may not ever exist and won't exist for another week. I think saints Twitter is going to be on fire and people are going to be calling for Andy Dalton and calling for DA's head. Hopefully I'm wrong, but if the offense doesn't fix these issues, then we've got a problem. So yeah, hopefully I get a pie in the face next week. Yeah, literally. I hope you do. Um, yeah, I mean, I think just to like sum it all up, I, I, I'm not, I'm wondering if some of the offense's issues is like we almost got too enamored with some of the moves we made this offseason. And it's like we have all these like awesome receivers now. And it's like I'm almost wondering if Jameis is in his head and maybe Pete Carmichael's play calling too is like, Oh, like we don't have to be like last year, super conservative, like dink and dunk possession offense. Like we can air it out and maybe we're trying to run before we can walk. Um, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see for sure. But this is maybe. Uh, yeah. This is a massive, you know, massive game. It's not like the really great Saints offenses of old when Breeze was in his prime. It's not like that was a super explosive offense. Sometimes it was, there was an occasional deep ball, but it was for the most part, uh, a mix of medium to short passes and running the football. Yeah. Like we don't need to be throwing 60 yard bombs on every drive because those aren't going to hit. It's like a basketball team that only shoots three pointers. You're not going to hit all of them. You get lucky if you hit a third of them. Like we did that on the first offensive drive of the game. And then it was just like, we like forgot that that's what we should do. And then every other play was Jameis throwing an out route to Olave overthrowing him. Like it was bizarre. And like, cause I agree with you. Like that wasn't what used to win us games at all. It's you want to chew the clock up. You want to be smart about it. And we literally did that. And it's a shame. It only got us three points at the end of that drive, but it was, it looked good, intentional, and it was rhythmic. So, like, it was just bizarre that then they just, like, didn't have that again until the Ingram fumble drive. So, like, it's there. It's yeah. just, like, there's something that goes missing. And whether I, – I mean, yesterday, in my opinion, it was Jameis making errors, but somewhere along the way, it just wasn't getting executed the rest of the game. So, hopefully, they can get back to that. Yeah, and maybe maybe this is what Jameis is. I think one day we, we may hopefully this is a, this take is wrong, but one day we may have to reckon with the fact that even though Jameis has 
all the physical talent in the world and appears to be a great fun loving dude, et cetera, et cetera, locker room leader, what have you. Maybe the processing and the decision making just isn't on the level that it needs to be in order to be an elite quarterback. And maybe he'll never be that. And Drew Brees was the flip side. He was an athletic guy, but he wasn't the most athletic, but he was smarter and more well-prepared than everybody else. And that's why he was great. Yeah. Um, Well, just to keep things in perspective though, you probably could have said everything we've been saying after that Carolina game last year um, and Jameis threw a bunch of picks, yeah, bad picks too, just like being dumbly aggressive. So, so we'll see what happens. Uh, let's go get this dub. Yeah. Hopefully right. we'll be singing a different tune next week. Yeah. Um, Sean, do you want to ad lib another Royal Honda ad read? Absolutely. Royal Honda is the uh, car dealer of choice. If you need to fill up your Honda Odyssey minivan with a bunch of goons, if you want to roll up on Mike Evans, some other Tampa Bay clowns, you should get a Honda Odyssey van from Royal Honda. Royal Honda. Amazing, as always. All right. For Sean Haspel and Allison Pratt, I'm Jacob Krasno, and this has been Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. Please leave us reviews, follow us on Twitter, harass us, send us hate mail, whatever you want to do. Just give us attention, please. Until next week, who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat?